If you looked at my next guest's uh, Instagram today, you would see that she started the 12 Days of No Nonsense. Now, of course, this has to do with her new book. And uh, by the way, Meredith Atwood, welcome inside to Keeping It With Alexander Garrett, the Saturday edition. And uh, thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we met. You were very excited about your book. Now you're doing uh, you're launching the book and it is about no nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. The book is out December 17th and it is about having a year of no nonsense and what that means and what can come from it. Now you're doing 12 days on your Instagram campaign. So look for today for Saturdays. Uh, well, it would be the third day of No Nonsense, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure you got it all planned out. So so uh, talk to us about what you're hoping to do with your Instagram, let alone uh, that alone. Yeah, yeah. So um, in my book, I talk about, like, there's certain types of nonsense that we all have, and we all have our own personal brand of nonsense. We have uh, nonsense that is, is causing us holding us back from our best health and happiness and success. And my nonsense is not your nonsense. We all have our own personal brands. And so on Instagram, I'm going to do the 12 days of nonsense and call out a particular type of nonsense that I think is nonsense. And um, allow people to talk about it and, and see what's going on. Um, and if it's, if it's nonsense for them. So today's was a roadblocks. And so the big question is, you know, what do you do with roadblocks when, when something's in your way? Like, is that, does it stop you from going forward? Do you try and figure out a way around it? So they're just like questions to help you think um, how you can kind of get over, you know, certain nonsense in your life. Now you are on Instagram swim bike mom and you're on Twitter as well. Yeah. Twitter everywhere. Swim bike mom, my website, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of it. Now you're not just, I'm not just talking to an author. You're not just listening to an author. You're listening to a triathlon participant. What? Four times. Is that what I saw online? And, yeah, and a mom, talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So, um, I started the sport of triathlon, um, in 2010 as a very overweight mom of two young kids and a lawyer. I was doing all this commuting and drinking too much wine and just had really struggling with life. And I found the sport of triathlon, which is swimming, biking, and running. And you put it all together in one race. And um, I went on to do four Ironmans, which is the really long ones, the 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and the marathon. But that's not all triathlons. Triathlons are all sorts of distances, and they have they have short ones for you to dip your feet into and then try out they have all sorts of distances so i want to make sure everyone understands that (laughs) and that's what my first book was about um triathlon for the every woman is a book that i wrote in 2011 and it just was the second edition was was put out in march and so that kind of helps people find find their fitness when they really don't even know where to start because that's where i was i didn't know how to start well let's talk about that for a quick minute so you you are overweight and so how'd that feel running like how'd that feel to to get out there and be active with everything going on at the time yeah I mean it it was it was hard and I think that's the major hindrance for people trying to be active is is they worry about how how hard it is to run or how hard it is to move or swim when they're overweight or they they just aren't motivated to do it and so it was definitely hard to get moving, but what I found with movement, no matter what you choose, and I know you like to rollerblade, but I mean, no matter what you choose 
forward to move your body is going to benefit you in so many ways. It's not about like working out to, to punish our bodies. It's about working out to feed our soul and finding what you like to do, no matter what that's walking or, or cycling, just finding some movement. It was, it was life changing for me. And now your life is completely changed. Um, is there anything else in that journey that got you to this point that you'd like to highlight before we move to oh, what's sure. going on today? Yeah, I mean, when I started trying to get healthier and, and working out, it, it pointed out a lot of the problems in my life. And one of the big things that I, I gave up was alcohol. I had a pretty big drinking problem that um, I tried to avoid dealing with. And eventually, when you're trying to be healthy and yet you're still doing this habit that's really destructive in a lot of ways, like it, it pointed it out to me, you know, it was so obvious that at some point. So I was able to get sober. I'm actually four years sober um, next week. And um, so I'm very grateful for triathlon and fitness kind of leading me down to a, a whole, a better health journey, you know, for my whole self, for sure. Congratulations on that uh, recovery. Now you've had family, you've had love in your life as well to support you through all this. Have you not? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got a husband who's been married for, uh, I guess, 19 years and I got two, two kiddos, um, 12 and 11. So yeah. And, and now you've written this book to talk about your experiences and uh, what, what message this holiday season, especially would you like people to know uh, leading into 2020, obviously this no nonsense launched 12 days, but there's a further message into 2020, isn't there? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that the message is whenever you feel that there's something in your life that it's just not going in the direction that you want it to, you just have that feeling in the pit of your stomach. Like I'm not living the best version of myself. I'm not living this authentic life that I so wish I could. I was living, I think the year of no nonsense, the turn in the corner to 2020, like I don't necessarily like the idea of resolutions because I think you should start living the life you want now, but just being aware of what in your life is not working for you. And that's what the year of no nonsense is about. It's about looking and seeing the truth about your life. And and there's a whole way to do that in a process and a ton of stories I tell. But once we see something, once we know, is this nonsense? Yes or no in my life. And if you've determined it is nonsense to you, um, whether that's the PTA meetings you're attending or, or the binge eating or the drinking, whatever the habits that are destructive and they feel like nonsense, once you see them, you have a choice. You can then face the choice and begin to deal with it. You also don't have to deal with it right away. It'll be there for when you're ready. But beginning to see, to see your life for the truth that it is and for the things that are in it, that allows you to head into 2020 ready to tackle your best life. And it is uh, self as you know, self looking inside is very tough to do in a mo in a world that is so hustle bustle that you literally have to move from one place to the next. So how do you yeah. take that time to look inside and say, you know what, um, this is my truth? Well, I think you have to make yourself a priority, and a, a lot of women, especially, I think, have a hard time making themselves a priority, and men have a hard time making themselves a priority because a lot of times they're working so hard to support a family. I mean, those are stereotypes, but I mean, there's some truth to it. So I think we all have to put ourselves first to a degree. And it doesn't mean like everything else goes under us, but taking the time first thing in the morning, for example, taking 10 minutes for yourself 
to journal, to just think, to sit there with your coffee quietly, that opens up that space for you to do some self-exploration. And it might be scary and, and you may not like where it goes at first, but you have to create that space in your life somehow. And, and people will say, oh, but I'm too busy. But if you don't have 10 minutes, like you don't have a life. And I think Tony Robbins said that, but you've got to make time for yourself. You have to do that if you want to make any changes. Now you do a podcast. We'll talk about that in a second, but you say there's the, the truth. Do you, are you a faithful person as well? Do you follow his truth as well through this journey? Yeah, so I grew up um, big time in church and grew up in the Christian faith. And I'm not as churchy as, and I say churchy as far as like attending church and, um, sure, sure. you know, falling under the religion. But, you know, God is very, is very much a part of my life for sure. And, and that is, is what grounds me. Well, that's uh, important. So you're taking all this time, you're doing the podcast, and you have the book out. Talk about the podcast now. I'm, I'm very curious about this because you say you are one of the top 50. Is that what I think you mentioned at the... Uh, yeah, top 50 fitness. Top 50 fitness on iTunes. Um, it's been hanging out around 37 this week, I think. Um, and it's called the same 24 hours, meaning that we all have the same 24 hours in our day, but it's what we do in those 24 hours that determines our health, happiness, and success. And so I like to interview guests that kind of give me their life hacks on what they do in their 24 hours to make it great. And I've had an opportunity to speak to really awesome um, entrepreneurs and artists and athletes and uh, writers from, from all over, and it's been a pretty cool thing. It's going on three years, so pretty cool. Well, congratulations on that longevity. And has the stories you've heard on your podcast inspired you to write? Like, Are there the sto- those stories we can look forward to in your book? Um, actually not, not necessarily. And I don't know that I've, I've drawn too much from the podcast for the book. The book is definitely kind of a different vein. Um, but you know, just surrounding yourself with positive people, you're going to be inspired to do more with your own life. And so I definitely think it's, it's the, the whole that has kind of driven me to, to go where I'm going for sure. And uh, we're talking with Meredith Atwood. She's my Saturday sit-down today. And uh, talk about the, because I know the book tour, you're doing a big one. Talk about that a little bit, because uh, this thing goes across not just New York, but nationally as well on different apps and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm heading all over the place. And um kicks off in Boston December 17th. I will be at Brookline Booksmith at 7 p.m. So if any of you guys are around and out and about in Boston. Hopefully we're not snowed in. That's where it kicks off. And then I'll be heading to um, Dallas and San Diego and Chicago and Charlotte, North Carolina and um, Omaha, Nebraska. And there'll, there'll be a bunch and of Boston is your up, hometown. But... Is that right? Yeah. I'm outside of, I'm outside of Boston in the suburbs. We just moved up here from, um, from the South actually. So I've never lived, lived anywhere other than the South. And so it's been quite Quite an experience with two feet of snow that we had. It is a change. <laughs> well, I got to ask you now: did, did your team affiliation? Do you you like sports because you're an athlete? Do, do you like sports as well? Um, you know, I I probably don't watch sports as much as I used to when I was younger. Um, so I'm kind of fickle. I kind of feel like. Um, I was really big for baseball. Like I feel like I can root for the Red Sox because 
I am from Atlanta, and so the Braves, you know, I would only have to choose in, like, the World Series. <laughs> so <laughs> for baseball, I feel like I can, you know, root, root for Boston. And, um, but well, yeah, also because the Yanks have... gave you guys some tough times in the World Series uh, for Atlanta, so that's <laughs> probably part that's of right. it. <laughs> um, no, okay, so that swayed you a little bit. I didn't know if you were going to stay true to the – Southern, you know, football, basketball roots, but or baseball roots, but there you go. <laughs> I'm uh, a bit of a chameleon, I guess, when it comes to sports. I just like to go to the crowd and have a good time. <laughs> so you've done the triathlon. Are you seriously considering the marathon up there? Have you given that any thought? Um, I have got to be a lot faster to do Boston. So, um, of course, I've, I'll... I'm thinking about it, but it would take a really lot of lifestyle changes for me. I'm still a nice, slow runner, and um, I would have to do Boston on a charity spot or really seriously learn how to run. <laughs> so we'll probably go watch it. I think it'll be that's in the cards for me. And uh, with everything going on in today's world, I feel like this is a great sort of distraction from the real world. Wouldn't you say that this kind of conversation would be a good distraction from what's going on outside our doorstep sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You mean just trying to get rid of the nonsense? Yeah, the nonsense and also just trying to distract us from the nonsense. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Washington everybody concerns themselves with, but it's, it's important to just say, hey, that's not our life. And kind of my theme right now is that you and I and everybody else is worried about getting from point A to B, not necessarily what's on our news screens. And I feel like getting that nonsense is part of that. Yeah, I think choosing what you allow in your life and how you and what you allow to impact you is is definitely part of that. And then choosing what to filter and 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 what to be impacted by is, is definitely part of it. Sure. And as a mom and you see all this going on, how are you raising your kids to stand out or or not stand out, but just be better than a lot of people around us uh, in this world today? Oh, it's hard. I mean, no one tells you when you, when you have kids, how hard it's going to be. And and one of the things that I try and model is Dr. Shafali Sabari, who talks about conscious parenting and just accepting the fact that we don't own our children, that they are, they are divine beings on their own accord, and we're just here to guide them and not to own them and not to make them into little mini versions of ourselves, but to really honor them as individual humans. And so that's, that's my goal for parenting is to just recognize my children as individual beings and, and provide them the guidance and, and hopefully lead a good example. I mean, sometimes I do it. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard being a parent. Um, but just just letting them modeling the way that you want them to treat people. And, and that's really children see what you do well, more than what you say. Well, they get to meet your kids on the book tour. Are they coming along with you or do they have school and such that keeps them in Boston? <laughs> yeah, they've got school, but they, they will be in Boston. Anything in Massachusetts, I think they'll they'll come to. And and then do you get to your home home state to uh, talk about this? Um, I probably will. Um, I definitely plan to go back to Atlanta, and I think in March is, is the plan for Atlanta. So we just got here, so we haven't been home um, much because literally we, I think we moved four or five months ago. So we'll make it back down south maybe when we need a break from the snow. <laughs> and and for the summit, did you find that a lot of people were very interested in this? Because I feel like no nonsense. And your drive and, and your 
you know, you're great to talk to. I feel like a lot of people resonated with your story. Well, I think, you know, I think it was successful. I think I, I was able to, to get the idea out in front of a lot of people. I definitely picked up a lot of print and radio, still looking for that national TV spot for sure. But I, I think it's going to take care of itself in, in the natural way. You know, if people like the book and, and uh, it makes a difference. And then sometimes you just have to sit back and not force things. And, and that's that's hard. Because uh, we like to force things and we like to try and control everything um, in, in front of us. But I just try and always look for opportunities and then do my best and, and see where it, where it falls. Because if, if the book is good enough, then people will like it and people will buy it and opportunities will be there. So it's, you got to just try and do the work on the front end and, and hope that, that it's enough, you know? <laughs> well, and, and so... In the times of trying to turn around or not turning around, did you ever say, no, I don't want the help that maybe a family member was trying to offer you in, in your, before the turnaround? Um, so I never really got, you know, if you mean like an intervention or something like that, it, it never really came to that. Um, it, it probably should have, um, but it's interesting when you need to change only you can make that decision. I think interventions and, and that type of stuff for sure are necessary in many situations. But even when someone calls you out and says, you got to do something about this, you still have to be the one to effectuate the change. You have to be the one to to take the steps and um, change your own life. And I had the desire to do that because my, I could see the truth. I could see that my life was no longer working for me. And so that's what I try and encourage people with my book, The Year of No Nonsense, is just once we can see that about ourselves, then we can really change. But if we're unwilling to see it and we just are walking around blaming other people for our circumstances, our situation, and not calling on our resources, then we all have resources. It may not be money. It may not be education, but we all have God-given talents that we can call on and use as resources. And that's what you have to look to is when you want to change something, okay, what do I have inside of me? What do I have externally? Make a list of those resources and really, really call, call on those to, to help you. Do you, do you uh, what got you into writing the book in general? Were you ever much of a writer to begin with or did this experience that you had really inspire you? Yeah, I was always, always wanted to be a writer from a very young age and I took a detour and went to law school because I was told that writers don't make any money and I was scared that I was not going to have enough money to, <laughs> to feed my family. So I took a detour and became a lawyer. And um, the whole time I was practicing law, I was blogging about triathlon. I was blogging about my kids. I, I continued to write and I was lucky enough to be able to write my first triathlon book while I was still practicing law, did it as a side hustle, worked on it at night. And um, eventually it just became the right time to, to leave the legal profession. And so at the end of um, 2016, so two, two years ago, three years ago, oh my gosh, is it three years ago? Um, I left, I left the practice of law and have been pursuing this ever since. Well, and I'm sure the law business is not an easy place to work in. So, and, and it probably <laughs> no. led you to want to explore the passion of writing and telling your story more. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, the legal profession is, definitely it, it pays well but it's it's stressful it's, it's a hard it's a hard profession and i think it's 
made for certain people. Certain people really love being lawyers and they do a great job at it and thank goodness for them. And then there's other people that went to law school because they didn't know what else to do with their life, which is kind of where I fell. And um, when I realized that I had a bit of a higher purpose, that was that was when it made the decision a little bit easier. And now you've got the book and you've got the podcast. And I, I have to believe you're integrating both of them at this point. I, I'm trying to, yeah. I'm really bad at self-promotion. <laughs> re- and it, it, so it's hard for me to just take my Instagram and be like, buy my book. And it's hard for me to take the podcast and say, buy the book. But I've been providing free content for over 10 years at this point um, on triathlon and fitness and just telling my story. And so this is kind of the moment where I am asking my audience, like, hey, you know, if you've enjoyed anything I've ever written, if it's meant anything to you or helped you in any way, if you can please go to Amazon and buy buy the book, the Kindle's $9, and it really, really helps because it's, it's a traditionally published book and my publisher needs to see that I'm, I'm doing well. And so they can, you know, have me write more books. (laughs) And I know it's tough to get the self promotion out and, and ask people to buy because you just love providing the content, right? I mean, I don't like saying, Hey, buy this. Cause it's like, no, it's just listen if you want. But now that you got a story, it's, it's time to monetize on it. I guess that's a lesson too. And in knowing when your worth is and the time to ask those who've been there with you, Hey, if you want to help me out, here's an, here's an opportunity. Right. Right. And you know, there's such a misconception in the publishing world too, that, um, you know, the book sales, I think you make like a dollar a book. So, I mean, you can do that math pretty easily the kind of money you would have, (laughs) the kind of copies you'd have to sell that even consider doing well. Um, It's kind of a pipe dream. So what, what I hope for is that people like the book enough to, you know, recommend that I come speak to their, their law firm or come speak to their corporate event. Um, Cause I, my heart is really getting in front of people and telling my story and, and trying to help people that way. So that, that's, the book is great and sales will be, fantastic but the more people i can reach speaking or the podcast i mean that's that's really what it's about i just i would like to not have people have to go through what i went through i i have a way that is in that book that will shortcut a lot of suffering for a lot of people so i just want to get the word out for sure and uh tell us one more time how you get the book and how you uh can be found and do you have a blog as well I do. So I can be found everywhere at swimbikemom.com um, on Twitter, Instagram, swimbikemom. And then the book is traditionally published, so it's going to be available where, where you buy your books, um, independent bookstores, Amazon, um, iBooks, like Apple Books, eBooks, Audible. I've got the, the audio version as well. And then in the new year, it will be in select Target and Walmart stores across the country. So that's exciting as well. That'll be good. And of course, keep an eye on that. She's got the 12 days of no nonsense leading you into 2020. It's a great way to be revved up. And, you know, now that we're there, New Year's resolutions, I don't know if you have a thought on that or whether people should even follow it, but does your book cover that at all? Um, I do mention it. Um, I think resolutions are, you know, they're a good idea if you can stick with them. But the, the whole idea is, we don't want to live our life waiting for any particular date. You need to start living the life that you want now and taking the steps that you need to change now, like on your own, on your own terms. So the year of no nonsense, you can start now. It can start on December or whatever, and it can start on June, whatever. 
So no reason to wait until New Year. But if you happen to find yourself in a new year and want to make some resolutions, that's probably not a terrible thing. <laughs> well, great advice today from Meredith Atwood. It's been a little bit since I wanted to bring you on. Glad we can make this happen. And please do come again and tell us how the book's doing and how your tour's doing and how you're doing. Absolutely. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. You got it. I'm Alex Garrett. This has been the Saturday sit-down on Keeping It Real with Alexander Garrett. Thanks so much, Meredith, and uh, I'll text with you, of uh, course, you. but happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and uh, yeah. look forward to having you back in New York. All right. Thanks so much, Alex. Take you, care. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye.